this week on the Saturday Morning Cartoon Podcast. This song represents the relationship between Katie and Rick. All right, now, now, Jesse, uh-huh. I know you're not prepared to answer this question, but right? could you elaborate? This is going to be a weird sentence, but Katie is Numa Numa and Rick is hip hop. I thought you were just going to, I thought you were just going to say yes. <laughs> yes. Kate, Katie is Numa Numa and Rick is hip hop. And if you've seen the movie, you've seen Rick be the whitest, lamest, you know, most stereotypical dad ever. And I did just call him hip hop. Hey kids, it's time for the Saturday Morning Cartoon Podcast. Good morning, guys, gals, and pals. Welcome to the Saturday Morning Cartoon Podcast. I am your host, Jesse, alongside my co-host, Morgan. Morgan, how have you been scourged by technology lately? Well, I had a, a little bit of trouble setting up this podcast. <laughs> For what? <laughs> a little bit, uh-huh. Yeah. It's a way to describe what happened. You know what? We tried to make a panini today. That didn't go so well. Is that it's, a scourge uh, by technology, or is that just you not owning the correct technology of a panini maker? Well, you know, they didn't tell me it was impossible to make a panini without a panini press. And um, if someone had told me that, maybe I would have picked an easier thing. The food? I've ever mentioned how much I hate single-use appliances. Panini presses suck. Waffle makers suck. Unless they're shaped like Pokeballs, then they're fine. Ah, they still just do one thing, and I hate it. I just I hate it on, like, principle. That it that they do one thing, they take up so much space. A waffle maker, special. Listen, I'm not gonna get into this. It's actually there's a what lot. What do you do, Jesse? What do you do? You if you're such a Swiss Army knife yourself, what do you do? Well, my solution is I just don't make waffles, which is kind of like a sacrifice that I have to live with. But uh-huh. I, I'll, I'm gonna be fucked if I buy a waffle maker. So the topic of technology I bring up because this week we watched a. I don't know how I want to word this. It's not an anti-technology movie. It's also not necessarily a pro-technology movie. It's a movie that has technology in it. It's a pro-family movie. It is pro-family. Whether or not that involves technology is up to the viewer, I suppose. Because this week, we watched The Mitchells vs. The Machines. And yes, that means we actually watched a thing this week, and we're going to be discussing the thing we watched. It's incredible. It's like the old version of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, those are better days. <laughs> Unfortunately, this will be different, because I don't think we're going to go through it in the same way we would a an older episode because what we would used to do is we would used to just go through the entire show movie etc that we watched and sort of take it apart piece by piece there's a lot in this movie and as it turns out surprisingly to me i have a lot to say about things in this movie so we're not going to do that we're going to kind of talk about just about the movie which means you should watch the movie if you're listening to this pause if you're on a computer, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry I'm forcing you to do this on your commute, on it's your drive on, to work. It's on, it's on Netflix. Netflix. You already pay for Netflix. Yeah. So it's free. It's effectively free. So go watch it. It's the Mitchells versus the Machines. And then come back to us. Uh, just to give a short explanation of the movie. The Mitchells versus the Machines is a Phil Lord and Chris Miller joint. Uh, who you may know from Into the Spider-Verse and a Lego movie. So we're already uh, starting off on the wrong foot. I gotta be honest. Oh, wait, fuck up. What do you mean on the wrong foot? They did Spider-Verse. Which was an okay movie, I guess. Fuck off, okay movie. Are you kidding me? That's my favorite movie of all time. 
Oh my god. Spider-Verse is not that great. I'm gonna You're say it. I'll be the one to say it. Psychopath! What Explain to fuck? me. Tell me a, right I now. I can't believe I run a podcast with this man. Explain to me right days. now what is great about Into the Spider-Verse without referencing the visuals. The visuals can be enough. No, no, no. No, fuck off. The visuals the are humor, really, really good. The humor As a movie, is, is perfect. No, no humor. Name a joke. Right, tell me a joke from the movie. The 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 the, recur- visuals. the running gag of them uh-huh. explaining like all right here we go one last time and every time it's funny and then Peter uh, Peter B Parker Peter. is sitting Peter, Peter B right. Barker <laughs> hey, is is, Peter. is is in a uh, he's just in a shower be- just like contemplating sadness because he got divorced and he's just talks about seahorses for a little bit that shit's hilarious that's a fine bit. That's a fine bit. That's an alright bit. Yeah. So what's your favorite Spider-Man movie? Spider-Man 3? God, I, w- I wish I was brave enough to admit that, but no. I actually... Out of, movies, Sam, either... out of the Sam Raimi ones, that might be my favorite, but that's o- the only one I really well, remember irony. really well. That's because it's ironic. My favorite one uh, might be one of the two new ones. I don't know which one, because Far From Home is really good, but also so is Homecoming. That's not important, the though. Spider-Verse is better than both of those movies. Like, that's not even a it's question. not. If As we look movies? at the, sc- the story of right. Spider-Verse, our, our, no, because is mediocre. Because fucking the Homecoming and all these things, you have to watch a ton of other movies. No, you don't. You absolutely do. That you can absolutely watch fucking Homecoming. No. Far from Home, you definitely no. need the the previous movies. No. Far from Home, absolutely. Homecoming, Homecoming you watch on its is own. It's about a vulture who steals uh-huh. technology. From right. the Avengers Fallout. You need to watch you Avengers. You don't need to know that, honestly. But then it's a, a lesser they movie. It's a lesser God, movie. A little bit, case. maybe. But it's still... Hey, guess what? Spider-Verse it's still is its better. own movie. Barely. There's so Barely many references. There says. are a thousand references in, in Spider-Verse to the expanded Spider-Man universe. The, there's a million... The, the entire Homecoming movie... Is a reference to this uh, cinematic yeah. Marvel universe. Yes. It's the only reason it exists. W- listen, it is fine. It's good. I-, I would even hazard say it's a good movie. Visually outstanding. There, there's. I'm not blind, right? I can't. I literally cannot argue that it is not visually spectacular, amazing. Right. Well, and uh, another Spider-Man term. Fantastic. We can't be fantastic. on this all day because then we'll we'll all have to quit the podcast. If, this if is I, for another podcast. This oh is for the hot God. takes episode. <laughs> so it's now that such... y- listener, you've been given enough time to pause this and go and watch uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines. Can we actually talk about for a second how I've watched five movies this week, including this one? I watched oh this God. week. I watched both My Hero Academia movies, the new Mortal Kombat. And the 1980 Scorsese film Raging Bull. I haven't seen Raging Bull. I haven't seen the new Mortal Kombat. New Mortal Kombat. How was the new Mortal Kombat? Um, bad. It's fun. I enjoyed watching it, but it's not a good movie. They said the line a bunch of times, and I pointed and clapped every time they did. But it didn't make any goddamn sense. I can't. I cannot physically imagine watching that movie without knowing anything about Mortal Kombat. It doesn't make any sense all right i can talk about the my hero movies and that the first one kind of jank and the second one's really good 
Uh, I would agree with that, probably. But so, listen, we, yeah. these are conversations for another day. I will say Mitchell for the Machines is better than at least three of those movies that I just mentioned. Oh, no. <laughs> at least three of them. All right. So right off the bat, we watch. I've been waiting for Mitchell's versus the Machine for a year. There was like a teaser out way back when, and it was this, and it was the scene. It was just a scene of them like not looking at their phones, right? That was the that was the pitch scene that they were showing everybody, right? Um, and it was great, you know. And that was just like a fine scene, whatever. But like it was, I you got to see the visuals. And this anim and it was animated in the same style as Spider Verse. It, it's style adjacent to Spider Verse. Uh, yeah, keep- I wouldn't say same style because Spider Verse very specifically uses a lot of frame techniques, like how uh, Miles Morales is animated in fewer frames than Peter yes. B. Parker. Yes. And just like the general style, like it's it's very blatantly more comic booky in Spider Verse. This is keep- a lot more. I actually don't know how to ex- describe the art style of this movie. I'm well, too stupid. It's more. You were just more for this. Yes. Um, well, I didn't go to school for animation. That's good. Shut up. We're hyping it. Um, it's more of a 2D animated movie than most CG movies. Yeah, it's very, Uh, in in a variety of ways, actually. So, um, so I watched this with my girlfriend, Ashley, who's lovely and is, is not, uh, is not constantly having panic attacks. Um. That's staying in the episode? (laughs) She's looking at me like, no, don't keep that in the episode. Um, uh, she, and I agree with her that Disney does not have like the strongest, like animated CG movies. They, they're, they're kind of too milquetoast in the way they do animation. Well, here's the thing. I think if we had one Disney animated movie in the way, in that style, it'd be fine. The problem is they're all in that style and they look nice, but they're not like, they're fine. They're particularly not, they, they, different they don't, one another. They don't take advantage of being animated as much as this one does. They, like yeah. this, like Mitchell versus Machine integrates 2D animation as like pop-up effects and mm. and such. And those are great. Those are phenomenal. Like I, as I was watching them, would pause and go back to to, to rewatch just those two frames, those things were oh, on. No, so this really is want- a movie that so much, it's so benefit. I can't believe we're talking about animation on this animation podcast for once. This yeah. is a movie probably more than one that I've seen in a long time that benefits from being watched f- frame by frame because every frame is very busy in like in a good, in a nice way, like a pleasant and one way. thing. One thing they use in this movie, and I don't know if you notice this, that they don't do in a lot of CG movies is they use smear frames. Yeah, because it's, I imagine it's harder to actually implement that with a CG model. Like you have to, you have to manually yeah. do that. Yeah. I you see. have to either met like warp your 3d model or you make a new model basically that jet yeah. of like just the arm or whatever that is moving just for I these in between like, shots. There's, there's post effects. You could do that. You know what? They probably did that instead, but well, um, regardless, it's more work. Yes. It's more work to add smear frames into a CG film than not. Yeah. yeah. And the characters in the film are also themselves. The word I, the, the phrase that kept jumping to my mind was heavily inked because they're shaded really heavily which is interesting because again it's cg so that's a well, weird thing here's what here's what they did they use they didn't like model a 3d eyebrow on them right well they they might have but the lines on their face they didn't model in wrinkles they drew 2d lines on their faces in like their that they like um that they connected to their facial animations right 
So it's actually like drawn on lines on their faces um, that move around, like like there uh, there are like wrinkles in between their eyebrows right above the bridge of their nose, which they also do in Spider Verse, right? Like they their texture effects, right? Yeah, and, and those are really. Cool. I, I kind of want to explain the the sort of two D bits a little bit more because there are parts in the movie that it's and it's it's done very interestingly because it only happens when the movie is taking place from Katie's perspective. Uh, Katie, the main character, this very eccentric uh, 18-year-old girl, I assume she's 18, she's still in college, who mm-hmm. is all about we- making just weird-ass art. Mo- uh, you know, movies, F- uh, drawings. Yeah. Her, her main thing is film. And so, in order to... The movie does a thousand different things to accentuate that Katie is... you Like, th- this creative sort of mindset. Very... Um, what, I think left brain is the right one. Yeah, yeah. I say and that not knowing. <laughs> I'm pretty, I, you know, I'm one of the two. I don't know which one. She's a fucking. I just think of the Bo Burnham song. SJW brained. <laughs> Blue pill doll hell. <laughs> and so to accentuate her, a lot of the things she says, there's just 2D animation that happens around her, which reminds me of, and I don't know if anyone's going to remember this movie, Youth in Revolt which is a no. 2009 Michael Sarah film. And there's one scene in that movie specifically, which like, which shocked me because he starts, he takes mushrooms. Michael Sarah takes mushrooms, which is hilarious as just a sentence. They also and do it in uh, Scott Pilgrim. Speaking of Michael Sarah, they film. do do it. They in Scott do Pilgrim, it. Actually, you're correct. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot because it's the, it's a comic reference for some reason, youth in the world, the only one that popped into my head because he takes mushrooms. And then there's this, like the sequence of him tripping is him seeing these 2d animations of what he's tripping about. That's it's always a, how they like do. The yeah, that's always how they do, um, like... Like a tripping scene. Yeah, yeah. And like, live action, I feel like. But uh, obviously, this movie does it significantly better. Not the drug tripping or anything. That doesn't happen, I think. But the 2D animation, which, again, accentuates every other thing that Katie does, says, looks at. And I'm shocked at how non-annoying it is. Quite frankly, I'm shocked at how not annoying Katie as a character is. She's great. She's fine, right? Like the, um... the very beginning of this movie, and you know what? It might be cheating, because at the beginning of the movie, she mentions how she's trying to find her style, and one of the styles she tries is ska, <laughs> which uh... I can't bring myself to hate that or her uh, ever again after that. It's kind no. of cheating on our end. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so the thing about this movie is that, like, and I understand why you be like, it's okay. It's because at the end of the day, it's a family animated movie. It's not, it's, 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 the story is, is very like, uh, quirky family does a thing. It's Um, straight up iRobot as a family movie. It doesn't, it doesn't really, it's not supposed to make you think. It doesn't challenge no. anything. It doesn't, in, in a lot of ways, it does not push storytelling. No, but, its own storytelling, even. But also, it doesn't need to, and it does what it does in this film really well. The comedy is really, I, I think, is really well done. Um, the characters are really are really funny and likable. Um, the character I'd say I like the least would probably be the mom. Because she's just too much like, yeah, that's how you'd write the mom, I guess. You know, right. there's, not the, there's nothing really interesting about the mom. The she's mom like, specifically doesn't get, I, of the uh, of the family, uh, actually I have a note here. The, the family is Katie Mitchell as voiced by uh, Abby Jacobson. 
Rick Mitchell as voiced by Danny McBride, who I swear was Seth Rogen for the entire movie. No, uh, no, it's it's so weird. I was like, is that is that John C. Riley? No, it's not John C. Riley. Is that <laughs> Seth Rogen? No, it's not Seth Rogen. Uh, it's uh, oh, like, it's Danny McBride, fuck? the other one, <laughs> the other one. Uh, I was Maya this Rudolph close to going John DiMaggio. John DiMaggio. Oh, you would never. No, it was definitely not John DiMaggio. And Mike Randa's Aaron Mitchell, and the dog is actually voiced by a dog. I know. I looked at the MDB. It was Doug the Pug. <laughs> they which, credited an actual pug, which is which, amazing. according to Wikipedia, might be the first time an animal has starred as an animal as a main character in a movie like that, as a voice um, actor. Have you? So you did you notice that uh, other voice talents in this movie? Let's just talk about it. Uh, pretty surprising. Pretty yeah. packed. The biggest one I'd probably say is that the um, the tech the, guy. The, yeah, the tech guy Eric Andre. Is Eric Andre, yeah. The bitch uh, is pretty cool. Conan O'Brien mm-hmm. is a very small voice role, but he's in it. He's as a... There's this, yep. there's this great bit where they do this uh, in-flight uh, uh, this in-flight video for a bunch of kidnapped humans who are going to be jettisoned into space. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it's Conan O'Brien voicing the robots. And, it's, um, and, 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 and they're great. Like, I think the robot humor in this is, is act, like their lines are consistently really funny. This all this so that kind of pushes on one of the gripes I have about the movie. Wait, some of the robot bits. Let's let's go through this. There's John Legend and Chrissy Teigen are the perfect neighbors, which is the most amazing casting I could imagine because (laughs) in our world in real life, they are what people aspire to be as a couple. Um, So that's uh, super on the nose in a good way. And their daughter, the quote unquote love interest of the uh, Aaron Mitchell. Um, is, uh, what's her name? The daughter? Yeah. I don't actually I, I, I know. I picked this Hold up on. immediately. She's a Korean woman who plays she, Chloe Park in We Bear Bears. Abby. The the girl is, is it that girl? Yeah. Oh, shit, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, Abby Posey, the, the daughter of the she Chris has Tegan like and three Charlie lines. Legend. She has, like, three lines in the movie. Yeah, but, God, she's like, I feel like she's getting a lot of work lately. Good for her. Because she's also, isn't she Ruby from Steven Universe as well? Yeah. yeah. Well, not anymore. What do you mean? She's getting a lot of work. She, well, she, she was a well, bit. She after was, that. Well, because, like, she's like the second tier go to Korean girl, cute Korean girl after the BMO woman. Okay. I was going to ask who's the first. That makes yes. sense. Yes. The BMO woman, yeah. whose name we know, but we'll only refer to as the BMO woman. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, but uh, that, I, I'm not going to fix that. I will learn and, her name and still call her BMO woman. I recognize my flaws. <laughs> This is one of them. Will I fix it? I will not try. I reject this notion. All right, also, so, Alex oh, Hirsch is in this movie. Yeah, to say one line. <laughs> to say one line as a dude. But interestingly, he's in this movie as a voice actor for the one line for a, a school kid. But his fingerprints are actually all over this movie. Really? So Alex Hirsch was actually a... Um, he was Alex Hirsch a from Gravity consultant. Falls fame. Alex Hirsch, uh-huh. who... Yeah, Alex Hirsch who made Gravity Falls... A couple of tie-ins. A, he was a consultant for the movie, for a lot of the humor and stuff. And B, several people who worked on Gravity Falls storyboarded for this movie. Really? Huh. Um, one of the people who currently works for Amphibia. See, that's, see, that's super obvious. I don't remember obvious. his name. That's super obvious when you watch this movie. It's like, oh, this, all these, this is clearly made by people who have a background in 2D animation. Yeah. And especially if you look at some of the 2D animations that happen... There's one scene in specifically where 
uh, uh, Katie and Rick are straight up drawn as frogs. They look like they would be an amphibia, just straight up. And again, it's a sort of blink and you miss it thing because sometimes there's these big 2D explosions that happen on screen where there's a hundred different things to look at and it's impossible to on your first go. I, I think this movie would benefit from multiple viewings. It's tragic. I've only watched it once. I've watched a handful of scenes here and there. All right, so you so moving on to the humor, which I thought was great. I, I thought it was I thought it was really well done. Um, I thought the characters played the, their lines really well. Eric Andre, I I was re, I was surprised to see it was Eric Andre. It sounded like Eric Andre. There's no reason to not think it was Eric Andre, but he was playing such a sane character, a very and subdued I, character. Yeah, and there was this like um. There's this thing, I, I've been watching a lot of shows with um, Jason... Uh, Momoa. Statham. Yes. No. Uh, the Greek guy. Siegel. From the League, and he's in... Oh, I don't remember his name. Jason... <sighs> Pardon? Uh, no, that's not his name. Jason... Uh, it's not Jake and Moustakas, Man, is Man, it? Mance, I, can't, I can't pronounce that fucking name. Is Manzooks. Yeah. Man, Manzooks. I think it's Manzooks, yeah. Who always plays I'm a sorry. psychopath. I'm sorry to Greek listeners. <laughs> Who always plays a psychopath. And he does yeah. it perfectly. And that's the role I expect you put Eric Andre in. Right? Yeah, the Eric Andre show kind of makes it feel like you have to typecast him. But, I mean, he he actually legitimately tries his hardest to not be that role forever. Even in a Disenchanted, he's not quite that. No, he isn't. He He's more Which... of a Bender-type character in that show. And, 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 and it plays. I wonder why. <laughs> um... But, uh, well, I wonder why that's the line I draw, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, I, he, play, I, he, a, he plays this very well. He doesn't have a lot of jokes to begin with. There's a really no, great nut chotch scene in this, actually. That's with him. That, that's it. It, so that's sort of like my, my thing about the humor in this movie is that it's, I don't want to say hit or miss. It's like there are jokes that exist. And I don't think I don't think a lot of the jokes fall flat or anything. I just think they're there, right? They're there as, hey, this is a family family movie throw joke in at this point. And then there are there's, some jokes that are legitimately hilarious. There's, a, there's not every joke, and you know, like I just think that's how movies work. That's how like any comedy it, yeah, works it's at not, all. It's, like I'm not I'm not hoping I'm not expecting every single joke in here to be a winner for me to like bust or anything. But it's a lot of them are. My problem is that a lot of the jokes are kind of drawn out. Like really what you, what, long. Can you give me an example? Because I don't, I don't know. So an ex- there's like an the the first bit where Eric and uh, uh, Deborah bot five thousand when they yes. first arrive. Two defective robots who the two, yeah, join the side. These of two the defective heroes. robots who, because they're defective, will listen to what the Mitchells have to say. Yeah. And the characters even so, these two robots are trying to prove that they're not defective over a series of, you know, bits right uh-huh. where they go. We're going to, you know, we're going to do something because we want to, not because you told us to. And that's fine. But then it goes on for like eight minutes. Um, and it's it's a really long bit. And it kinda, I think they, it kind of loses its luster. The scene where they're like, oh, let us go downstairs and get our human things. And, and but that's kind of the thing, because the characters themselves then, point out, yeah. hey, I want to see how I want to see how far this goes. And it's like, uh, it's like, no, 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 wait, I think I know where this is going. Yeah. And then they um, do that. And then they put they paint faces on their robot masks. And yeah become Eric and Deborah about 5,000. And that's like, most of the bits there are fine. It's just that it goes for really long. They, they, um, it, it's a running gag. So I guess it makes sense because they come back to it. 
but that's kind of their character. So I wouldn't say that's like a. Do you have no, any other even, examples? For the rest of the movie, I actually like it. But just for that one, that introductory scene, it just feels like it lasts really you, long. You just know you. It's okay. I, I guess I can see that because it's clear what's going to happen. So they're like, all right, yeah. move on. Next scene. And the other joke, it's this one is a little bit compounded with another gripe I have, where yeah. there are there's bits in this that I've seen a thousand times before, right? There's bits in this that are because it's, it's unfortunate because a lot of this movie is really really original, yeah. And so the things that aren't original are stick out like such a thor- sore thumb. The and it's it's hard to be super original when you're tackling a topic of what if there was a robot apocalypse. What if technology yeah. turned against us? And they have this bit about we're going to turn off the Wi-Fi, and then the world d- d- devolves into anarchy, yeah. which is a which is a fine bit. And they it's, do it's the, the one more, but the way they yeah. do it is what matters, and the way they I do get, it, I think, is 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 well done. There's only one thing that they do with it that I think is actually interesting or like funny rather, and it's where there's the people who immediately, within minutes declare like declare the 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 internet gods uh, angry and that they must make a human sacrifice to the router that's well, a funny you know, bit i think i also think that was even funnier was there like the human pods are capturing them and they just said they just put a sticker that said free wi-fi on them and then yeah, people beg to get on them it's it's it, it it's so close to boomer humor it's I don't so know. it's right up against it anytime that someone says technology bad and people use technology too much it's like it's so close and this movie does a very good job of distancing itself from that ultimately i think make calling it connected like sony wanted would have like ruined that a lot more i would have absolutely connected would have been a terrible exact if the movie was the exact same just having Uh it being named connected would have made it feel 50 percent more preachy well hey you know who agrees with you Netflix and the creator of the movie because this movie was going to be called Connected. It was originally Mitchell's versus the Machines. Then Sony said, make it Connected because it's got to be marketable as like a word or whatever. Yeah. And then when Netflix bought the rights to it, Netflix and the creator had a meeting. It was like, yo, this Connected name kind of blows, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you have another name? Well, we have the first name. Perfect. Ship. Yeah. Um. So... All right, next topic. What do we want to talk about? So, next? yeah, um I I do kind of want to lean in a little more on that the idea of what this movie's relationship is to technology as a whole. Because, because it is the bit I, of what if technology bad. But again, but, like I said, it distances itself a really well from just being that stupid boomer meme. It it's it really it starts out that way, right? That's yeah, what it sets uh, yeah, itself absolutely. up to be. But then it becomes this, which also there aren't a lot of movies about a father daughter relationship, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. They they're just they're just less right. There's father son relationships, there's yeah, mother there's daughter of, relationships, but like yeah, the, the, I, they're there. It, but especially like animated movies, I think so occasionally yeah. don't touch on this. I mean, animated movies also have the problem of hey, the parents are dead. Whoops. An interesting uh, side fact, just nerd thing, the did you know gaming thing, um, that. The, that uh, Pokemon, the third movie, Entei, was written because the like the director... You remember there was that girl who wished for Entei? Uh-huh. That whole I thing wish Entei was, was my dad. Yeah. No, he really he he really was like hard on that thing because he wanted it to all be about 
a father daughter relationship because he was dying and he and he and he wanted to have a movie about that with his daughter because he didn't think there were enough movies about that. And then they wrote in at the end that his, her mom was alive the whole time, and it literally <laughs> gave, caused him a depressive episode. Oh, my God. They evangelion this man. <laughs> Thanks, Pokemon. Thanks for yeah. helping. Yep. Uh, but, so, um, so, yeah, so it becomes more about family, which I also think is is kind of like uh, like almost a minus in this movie's favor, because it's like, it it becomes... Uh, the every fam every animated movie is like this type thing, it, right? This movie, I so I watched some trailers for this movie, and the trailers really make this movie look bad. It's because just every not, trailer it doesn't look original enough, and it's not no. they're not funny enough. Like the yeah, animation every trailer is the one thing for this movie to this through the trailers. Every, yeah, every trailer for this movie is every trailer for every family comedy you've ever seen. Animated, yeah. live action, whatever. It's like, uh-oh, there's they're dysfunctional. They can't get along. Oh, they're doing like it's it's that. They have there are lines in the movie that feel planted for a trailer. You know, I think how I would do this movie. Not okay, the movie, right? the the, tra- the trailer. All right, um, uh how I would do this movie, movie would be lesser than the way they made the movie. That, that that's just a fact. <laughs> Um, I would do the trailer would be a make a homemade video by um Katie. by Katie. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, sort of like an interview universe thing. Yeah, and it could be like one of those bad green screen ones she does, right? Like that. I would, would be legitimately have liked to see more of those. Yeah, and that would be a good trailer for the movie. There's this. There's this. Uh, very again. This movie benefits from being watched frame by frame, but there's this very quick shot that shows uh, maybe like 16 of Katie's movies that she's made. It's just thumbnails of them. Yeah. And it's actually really funny in a in a insane twist of fate. I mentioned how I watched Raging Bull this week. There's a Raging Bull reference in that scene because there's a there's a a, a screenshot of one of Katie's homemade movies that's called Raging Rick in black and white, <laughs> and he's like all messed up like a boxer. And I can't tell you how how messed up that made me to see that after just going like, yeah, I watched Raging Bull for the first time this week. Oh, that's a real on the nose reference. Oh man. Um, oh, there's uh, shit. Fuck, I had something that I was gonna say. It's just gone, just like that. It's gone. Tragic. Uh, benefits for multiple watches. Uh. All right. Say. What do you think? Say. I I kind of wanna I. I want to circle back a little bit to how this movie winds up not just falling into the boomer track of technology bag because it does do all the memes of you look at your phone too much, blah, blah, blah. But there then at go. the very memes, memes. <laughs> okay. they do memes. And then so Actually, his dad yeah, watches YouTube the first time at like the, towards the end of the movie. And then <laughs> the video comes up where, what was the thing that the meme said <laughs> was like, uh, there was it was like basically oh, the, it was like legalized like, tapioca. Is it that one? Legalized tapioca or something and, like that? Yeah, and his dad said, "What is wrong with the world?" Yeah, and so I literally this is something busted that, a gut, man. It was this hilarious. Fascinates me because we're having a lot of movies in the last few years that are trying to try to reflect internet culture, and it's so hard to do mm. without falling flat on your face. Ralph breaks the internet, kind of stumbles a lot. In that regard, I couldn't um, finish. I literally walked out of Ralph Breaks the Internet. It was Jesus so Christ. 
loud and obnoxious right off the bat. Yeah, a little bit. I I finished it. I thought it was I thought it was all right, but it's especially when it's a Disney movie like that, you can't do all the things you want to to show off how weird the internet is because yeah. a lot of it just kind of feels like ad ad placements. This movie does very very well showing off the internet as this weird thing. It references stuff that exists, but it's mostly kind of just on its own. And it, it understands the spirit of the how the internet can be. Which like I Katie don't. as a character I couldn't, reflects I couldn't that. simulate it the same way. I really couldn't. Yeah. There's and just the idea of um, we're gonna get philosophical a little bit here. The idea of what a meme is to like the world is taking a a photo, taking an image, taking an idea, and then transposing it elsewhere in different places. The movie itself does that in a running gag with this screaming baboon, which yeah. is the most highbrow thing, but that is what memes are, just flat out. It's such you a know, good dilution it, of it. it. It's it's interesting because that feels like, oh man, Charlie bit my finger type meme, right? Yeah, it's, it, it, it emulates like to that. me the screaming, um, the, the, the dramatic chipmunk. Yes, but... The way they they superimpose it back into the scene where she stops to talk about it, like, elevates that joke so much. Yeah, it legitimately looks good. And again, another testament to this movie's animation in that they're able to take... Because it's, it's a real, you know, real... Uh, uh, it's a live-action baboon that's screaming. And they transpose it so perfectly on her father and then later pal's faces, despite one being a CG man and the other one being a phone... But it's just like blended so well. You gotta you know when you gotta know when to break your own rules, right? They know when it's time to just like we don't need to do CG. In fact, it'll be better if we don't use it in this instance. Like they're, yeah. they're like there's the they're talking about the photos. How they never can take a good photo because they're always they're always um, they're always arguing, right? And he's like, "Well, what about that photo?" And it's like that literally came in the frame, and it's just a live action photo of yeah. the family. <laughs> It's just a real stock photo of a family. <laughs> and, it, and, and that's, that's a, a really strong bit. It would not the be strongest... funny if they weren't li- live action. It would have been like, huh. Can we talk about the strongest bit of all? And to, the, to this movie's credit of knowing how memes work, creating what must be the most easily spread single image of a giant Furby shooting a laser out of its mouth <laughs> With the the text underneath, let the dark harvest begin. <laughs> it's really I good. Fucking cackled at that scene. That's what I mean when I say a lot of the jokes in this movie aren't amazing or anything new, but some of them are a plus. There's just like such a fine line you walk to make like it's so easy, so easy to make every single one of these jokes. Not only just like mid tier because that's the worst I feel like these get. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But you can make them embarrassing, cringy, Cringe. bad. It's so easy yeah. to do that with these jokes. But through either the writing, and they do it in multiple ways. Like I said, they like just through the the way they choose to animate it can make it hilarious or, or just like a good joke, you know? Yeah. The and writing, I love I love how much they are not afraid to make their characters look fucking stupid and ugly. Yeah. Um, but to go back to the Disney thing. Disney movies and even Pixar movies oftentimes won't make their characters look like fools. Their characters will like trip or something, but facially they'll be, you know, these pristine things. Remember the praise that Frozen got for Anna waking up with bad hair? 
Yeah, which is, and it, you know why that's his praise? It's so vastly unique from anything from from what Disney was doing at the time. It and it and okay, can we talk about how much better Tangled is a movie to Frozen? Oh, are we, is that a conversation we could have in, uh, in such a short time period? Boy. Tangled is a better movie than Frozen. I don't know Dude, if you're right. Okay, I think there's an value there. That okay, let's that's an episode. Put a we pin watch in that? those Yeah, yeah, we watch those back to back and come back and talk about it. Alright, future uh uh get future hype for Frozen versus Tangled. Remember that Kristoff's just like, oh yeah, I was raised by rock gnomes. Not gonna explain that. We're not, don't need to talk about it. That's a very, very minuscule plot point. Hairs. God, I hate those rock gnomes. Those rock gnomes were the worst part of the movie. <laughs> back to this good movie. I like Frozen, actually. I did like Frozen. But back to this movie. I yeah, liked no, Frozen. They are, they are not afraid to make Kitty look stupid. With uh-huh. with smear frames, they with just the way her Scott, face is. They put a two-tone fedora on her. <laughs> yeah, they did. Oh my god, this movie's goaded just for that. <laughs> Any movie that references Ska is immediately at much least like, four stars. Much like any song that puts brass into it is amazing. I'm very easy to please, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I have a lot of qualms about this movie, a lot of sort of nitpicks and stuff, but it also referenced Ska. So I what have, do I know? I have far fewer nitpicks, and I'm trying to think if anything really bothered me. Because you came out just like, eh, whatever, right? I, so I, I took a journey with this movie, actually. I watched it on, I watched it this past Monday. And immediately, like, the credits roll, and I was like, that was fine. That was fine. I might even call it good, right? Those were the exact words I said to some people. And then I sat on it for a couple of days. And it's that thing where what stuck out to me more and more as time went on was not the parts that I didn't like. It was the parts that were really good. And parts that weren't that good that I wound up appreciating. And this is only after a handful of days. But internalizing some of those parts, thinking about them, made me realize, is this... Fuck, this movie might be a lot better than on than on first viewing. Like, this, again, I, I'll say it... I've said it before, I'll say it again. This movie might be better on multiple viewings. Yeah, I'm kind of down to watch it a second time already. Uh, and I just watched it last night. Um, and I, you know what? Honestly, I'm sad about. I didn't see this in theaters. I would have loved to yeah, have seen this. In else. The, I know. I would have absolutely loved to see this in a theater. Um, I, I was with, having that thought because this movie would benefit from just a giant screen, 4K, that sort of thing. But at the but same if you time, you can also keep the children out. <laughs> that keep the children great. out. Keep it. You know what? Just give me the theater. All right. I yeah. don't need anyone there. Just me. Just go to the but, theater in our hometown, dude. That's that's the uh, experience you get. That's always. God. Oh my god! I told you about the time I saw Speed Racer alone, right? Did I tell you about the time I saw Teen Titans Go with my girlfriend with 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 my French girlfriend who came by for like two weeks and I took her to see Teen Titans Go? God, every subsequent <laughs> word in that sentence became sadder and sadder. I know, it's and incredible. we were the only people there, and it was so some, bad for some reason. I, I fucking loved how bad it was oh jesus what a shock well also it wasn't also all that bad because you also Ro- unironically enjoy it well yeah because robin re-kills batman's parents in that movie like they save every batman every superhero's parents in that movie to to stop superheroes from happening and then they have to redo it to fix the timeline so they dis- they destroy krypton shove destroy. batman's pa- yeah they shove Batman's parents back into the alley to into get crime shot. Alley. Literally, they t- they push them in and do a thumbs up and bamf out of there, and it's amazing. God, 
Uh, this anyways. is where my parents died, Raphael. <laughs> um, oh, there. I do have. So I have something that initially I want to call a nitpick, but I'm gonna full. I'm gonna expose my balls right here for a moment. I am a straight man. Okay, so I don't know if this is a real problem or not. Katie is gay. Yes. Right? That's just a thing that happens in the movie. That's not my problem with it. My problem with it is how little it actually comes up. It, it's it's a, it, it's an it afterthought is, for sure. It's an afterthought. Wait, and there's the bit where she has a rainbow uh, uh, pin on her hoodie at all times. Mm. And I, I didn't even notice that. My girlfriend noticed that. Yeah, it, it's that thing where, like, one thing about her design I didn't notice is that she has ripped jeans that she's drawn faces on, which is really, that, that's really oh, cute, man, fun, cool design choice. There's a lot. Oh, no, this is the thing. You have to watch I'm, the movie multiple times. There's a scene, oh my god, there's a scene, and it's this dumb thing that nobody should care about, but I care about, um, right. where there's a transition. There's this There's this cut from day, from night to day, like the day she's about to move out, and there's this, and it's the scene where the dad's viewing the movie and um and then he looks off into the distance and in the foreground there's the box of stuff uh-huh. and then it hard cuts to um exterior house uh daytime the mornings there and and where the box was is a like a frog statue right in the porch uh-huh. but what i love about the scene is it, the the parallel of composition and um and depth of field, right? But they're completely separate scenes. There's no person subject. Now it's just a background. But there's this hard gut, and the energy of the uh, composition is intact. And I would not think to do that with this with two scenes that are so different. See, I'm not uh, even like entirely sure what you're talking about which is what I know. fascinates I'll show me it to you. and then you see it and you're like wow you really latched onto a thing that doesn't matter at all <laughs> morgan this isn't a question that i should ask on the podcast do you want to watch this movie after this podcast <laughs> with like, you ironically yeah <laughs> like unironically um <laughs> okay cool back to the podcast this movie's are, and this is what i mean i came out of it thinking he was fine and now i'm gushing about it i haven't even gotten to the like my biggest gush of the movie yet like there's, I still have like five paragraphs of a thing that happens that I let that, that as you time see, went on, as I thought about it, made me lose it. See, this is one of the episodes where I thought I'd be talking more, you know, because because usually when it's about animation or something really specific, I'll go off for a while. But you have a lot to say about this movie, and, and maybe it's just because I don't have that much negative to say, right? I like really, I, just, I, I don't know. I I had because I think I just had more time to sit on it and think about it. Mm-hmm. Um. Speaking you made, of, like, the, actually, you made like the fonts and sat on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm a sitter. Uh, one act, there's like one more point of animation that I want to reference is those Palmax Prime drones, which are these. God, they're designed so fucking cool. No, they're they, these like hyper robots that are able to come apart. At, no, that was another note like, I had. The black ones, right later in the yes. movie. It's a bit weird to call them that, but yes. What the fuck? The main robots were white. <laughs> That's right, like Morgan, the most. I don't, I don't like. I don't like that you're dragging this podcast into race relationships. Let's 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 bring it back to good old wholesome family fun. All right. So the robots. Uh, so the robots. 
they're like a lot of the, you know the, I, I talk about how cool the animation was uh the colors were really well done like once they get into the fucking giant like death world right it's got this really cool morgan morgan please the rhombus of infinite subjugation which was fucking awesome that's a that's great, a great name that's then, such a then, good name i'm mad that it isn't anywhere else and then eric andre goes sweet dig the name yeah. <laughs> as he's that's getting such a, that's it that's something that pisses me off that that name sh- could be used in some like real heavy sci-fi shit but it's in this movie and that's that fine it's like, a good that's joke like, but that's man like, that's, it's too cool a name that's like neon <laughs> genesis is neon evangelion even. Yeah, Evangelion 5.0. 5.0. You cannot subjugate. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) So so the really cool thing about those robots, those the the Palmax Prime drones, is that they're really complicated. They're animated in a really complicated way. So the creators, they developed a a unique tool specifically to animate them so that you could really? um you could slice the model at any point in as many ways as you want and put it right back together which in cg animation is a massive pain in the dick if you were to try to do it that's so they had to insane. develop a whole tool just to get it to work that, which is fucking insane su- that's such a pure example of the sheer passion that goes into this movie it, it really, it really, fe- there's, you could feel the love emanating from it. And it sounds, and it sounds really corny, but it, it's true. You do, you do, uh, you, you real there, there's passion in here. And it's really weird to feel this amount of passion because we haven't mentioned this yet, um, that it's Sony, right? It is a Sony Cause, film. Cause Sony animation is now like stepping itself up is like, and it's not really Sony animation, right? Cause it's this one team basically right. that they rehired it's, it's basically just why. these guys exactly um but you know like sony animation like illumination as much as nobody really likes illumination as a, as like a as like a, a as a studio a company a studio yeah, yeah. Th- there's the, the, really the no illumination one... who have made the minions exactly um that was like gunning up the ladder right and out of mm-hmm. nowhere spider-verse happens and now this sony animation is like shot itself up to the top like it's legitimately right incredible because there was a period of time where if you saw a Sony animated film, coin flip. Is it good? Is it bad? Coin flip. Complete well, coin here's flip. the thing about Sony in general. They just pump out like Adam Sandler trash movies to make money abroad. That's what they yeah. do. That's what they do. Just garbage. Like, uh, What was the timeline? I think the Emoji movie came out and then a year later Spider-Verse came out. Which is such that's such whiplash between movies that you kind of go... I don't know what they're gonna do next. It might be great. It might be terrible. And they're on a they're on a really not good run every, lately. Yeah, not every movie can be the emoji movie. It's it's hard. You put a lot of heart and soul and and money into something like the emoji movie, so that I can really feel the the poop emoji voiced by voiced by Patrick Stewart. I can really feel the deep emotions of the poop emoji. What a shit movie. But no, yeah, this is a Sony movie, and you, you know, there's the inherent idea of Sony big corporation bad. But you know, in the big corporation boxing ring, I'm kind of picking Sony over Disney at this point. For really? animation, it, at least. I know, but I, I know as soon as they pick another team, another director, it's gonna go right back the other way. The coin flip begins again. 
and I just want Sony to realize, well, like maybe we should just make these a guy. This this is our Zack Snyder, right? Like this is we just hang on to these guys. He has to be in every episode. We're contractually obligated. Uh, uh, and I I do I do legitimately dislike the continuation that I'm doing of dunking on Disney with this movie because I do because I still like most of the Disney movies that come out. Most of the Disney bad, movies. They're not bad movies. They're just not. They're, okay, they so are, here's a. So here's the here's the interesting thing. There was an interesting thing in uh Soul, right? The way they animated right. the 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 like what were the names of the peoples? The the oh, I don't remember. Like the, Richard the Iwade. The okay. Richard Iwade people. There's the one uh-huh. You know who I'm talking about, the lines. Yeah. Yeah. They were animated interestingly. They were they were they were cu- cool to look at. Everything else was like it, it, it was fine. It was nice to look at, but there was nothing interesting right. about the way they were animated. Right. This, yeah, this movie has me enamored with its animation style in every facet. The last time a Disney movie had me enamored with its animation style was Paper Man, because that was such a unique thing, where similar to how they had to create a new uh, a new software tool for the Palmax uh, uh, Prime drones... They made new animation software to make Paperman because it's a blend of 2D, 3D animation. I think ultimately this is proving to me that 2D animation kind of rules. It does, man. I and fucking it'd be love better 2- if we didn't leave it behind completely. Yeah, I, I know. I want more 2D animated films. What was the last really good 2D animated film? Uh, what- I know a lot of people loved Claws. And that, Claw- that was animated Claw- really well. Claw- Claws was animated really well. Claws wasn't really Claws because that's already two years old. Um, I oh, yeah, that Claws. was 2019, wasn't it? Yeah, and that was just, like, a couple... That was all, actually just because, like, a couple, like, Disney guys were like, we're so sick of CG. <laughs> <Let's>... <laughs> but then I think the problem with that is... Uh, what but was no... it? The, the, that team fell apart because the movie didn't make money because it was on Netflix. Well, the problem wasn't that... Well, there was also that, but I bet more people would watch it if it wasn't, like, a Christmas movie, right? Yeah, uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, it, it could it could get the whole the uh, not home alone the uh, the Christmas story thing of hey this becomes a classic in five to ten years time. I so people aren't talking about it enough though, and it's crazy because it's like it it's it's got such good Emperor's New Groove vibes. Have you watched it? Yeah, right. I actually haven't. I just know a lot. You got to watch it. Talk around. Norm McDonald is in it. I'll and watch main, it on Christmas. Or and the main ca- the main character is just Cusco. He really is. You're gonna watch it in the yeah, first right. five minutes. You're like, oh, this guy's Cusco. Solid. Ah, uh, Cusco's character. The character of Cusco. <laughs> Cusco. Cusco's character. <laughs> uh, so, alright. Morgan, so, let's talk about the song Live Your Life by Rihanna for a minute. Do you what do you know of this song? Is it anything? Did you know the song existed before this movie? The Maya He one? Yes. So here's the thing. I knew Maya He, Maya Ha, Maya Maya Hu. Right. Yeah, the uh-huh. the old, the old Maya the meme song, the Maya hoo ha combo. As a pro Diddy Kong player, I knew I knew this song very well. Okay, um, <laughs> a lot of layers to that joke, <laughs> and it's not funny, even if you understand all. Of it. <laughs> you, I I understood all of it, and I didn't laugh. You heard me, audience. It's you heard not me funny. not laugh. It's too much work. It's mostly no just words layered on top of each other. It's an archer <laughs> bit, right? You laugh because you're so uncomfortable. It's like that sound. Maybe that was smart. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh because he said the line. He said a thing I know. So um, I want to talk about this song for a minute. Yeah. And 
I didn't know uh, there were more lyrics to the song. There's a lot. Okay. I'm glad we got those yucks out because this next few minutes are going to be a little bit of just me this is vomiting the thing you information. Wrote about? This is the thing you I wrote, wrote about? I wrote paragraphs about this and I could write more. It was the And song? let me explain why. Let me explain. Let me get oh there. My okay. God. So, uh, the song Live Your Life, technically it's a T.I. song that features Rihanna, but this was back in the period when if Rihanna featured on your track, it was her song. So that's just, that, that's just how it is. Rihanna owns the song. This song itself is a fascinating product of its time. It's a 2008 hip hop song that samples Dragosti Dinte, which is a 2003 Romanian Eurodance song, which was then turned into a meme in 2004 on Newgrounds by a guy who's now known as the Numa Numa guy. And if you know if you know that guy, you're you know you're you're in an internet original, you're an OG. And I know I Numa, say, I know, I've heard Numa Numa. What is that? Right, you've you have heard Numa Numa. It's just uh, the video itself is just a guy dancing. To the song, that's okay. what to the original Euro, uh, uh, the Eurodance song. Right. Back when the internet was like innocent, and you could just do something like that, and it wasn't considered cringy. It was just fun. This guy's just having a good time. He's so in it. He doesn't care about the views. He's doing it for fun. Right. It was posted on fucking Newgrounds of all things. <laughs> so, this song is perfect. Is the most perfect selection of a song for this movie I could have ever thought of. And this is the thing where I didn't realize it until I watched the ending scene time and time again. So, at the in twenty twenty one, right now, right, hip hop is a pretty familiar type of music. We it's it's, you know, literally a decades old genre of music. It's the we it's all the, know hip hop. Well, no, it's not. The club music is like the. Yeah, house. it's it, yeah. it 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 was the the hot thing for a while. It's you know here and there in the charts, but everyone yeah. knows hip hop. It is almost it's normalized to listen to it. It's almost expected. It's practically traditional, right? And then Dragon the Beastie Steve Boys came in. All right, the Beastie Boys came in, changed the genre, changed the industry. Took it back for the white man. <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally, we can have our music. Go on. We stole rock and roll, we stole jazz, we stole rap, we can't stop. I love saying the Beastie Boys stole rap. That's so <laughs> fucking hilarious. Stole it back, stole it back. You gotta pay them positive who heroes like yell, Columbus. Who just yell shit that sometimes rhymes. <laughs> you have to paint the Beastie Boys as positive figures like Christopher Columbus. Like, dude, like, it, it it might rhyme in the same way that, like, if you say words infinitely, eventually you're gonna rhyme. A, a, a million monkeys on a million typewriters. <laughs> Go on, I'm sorry. The Beastie Boys are the monkeys on typewriters of rappers. Yo, it was uh, the be best boys. of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> Damn it. In Verona, we lay our scene. <laughs> All right. Um, so everyone knows hip-hop. Hip-hop is basically traditional. Dragon Steed Dente, and by extension, Numa Numa, is this weird internet cultural monument that's strange but fun it's endlessly entertaining but difficult to explain i just tried to explain it to you do you understand it no vaguely right like yeah yeah, it's weird it's hard it's hard to get into it's hard to know these two things shouldn't work together especially as a song they're so diametrically opposed but through what must have been a lot of effort and questionable choices to be honest they mesh together to make the song live your life which is a really solid song which is a pre-existing song, right? Like, that wasn't yeah, no, made this, for, that was like a remix said, for this movie. 
No, like I said, this song came out in 2008. Okay. Okay, good. This song represents the relationship between Katie and Rick. All right. Now, now Jesse, uh-huh. I know you're not prepared to answer this question, but right? could you elaborate? This is going to be a weird sentence. But Katie is Numa Numa and Rick is hip hop. I thought you were just going to I thought you were just going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Kate Katie is Numa Numa and Rick is hip hop. And if you've seen the movie, you've seen Rick be the whitest, lamest, you know, most stereotypical dad ever. And I did just call him hip hop. All right, we're gonna have to do a separate YouTube video of you explaining this. You're gonna you're gonna have to come in with your with your mustache quaffed hair and and <laughs> and, and your cup in a, in a black room. With My purple YouTube lighting. essayist robe. Your fucking your fucking BDG ass. <laughs> Katie is. The embodiment of how weird the internet is, of this thing that you can't really, it's hard to explain, it's hard to understand. Rick doesn't understand her for most of this movie. And on the opposite end of that, Rick is so sort of like almost traditionalist, Do he he's anti-technology. Hip-hop is this thing that's been around forever that we kind of just expect, we know what it is. Hip-hop and new and and uh, uh, Dragon Steed uh, Dente are so radically different they should not work together rick and katie should not work together just as people who they are but they try they put so much effort into it and they make it work and so the song itself is representative the song itself is representative of their relationship the climax of this film is katie and rick flying in the air fighting the fighting the robots while singing this song and it's so perfect this that scene alone is a justification of animation as a medium to me. Before we start recording this, I watched that scene 20 times. Cause it is amazing. Everything works in perfect harmony for that scene. The music and what it means to the characters and the narrative itself. The animation is going full blast every single frame. The voice work is doing well. The editing, the, the action, the every the colors of the scene. The hap- the fact that it happens in the daytime, so there's good ass lighting. Uh, there, it works so well. It is pulled off with literally flying colors in the scene. Mmm, drops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, really I, I was thinking about that the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no like, that's like I really- said, like. I, this is the this is one of those rare episodes I wouldn't mind the creators listening to, right? And I kind of want to see if they're oh, like, is it because we're not they, shitting on the show for once? Yeah, and then they walk in in slow clap. <laughs> Jesse, you've done it. Ascend with us. And that's the thing. I did just do the YouTube YouTube essayist thing of looking way too deep into something that I have no idea if the creators intended. Is it is it crazy to think this is true? I don't know. I think it's logical, but it's entirely possible the creators go like, I don't know, it was a song from 2008. That's around the time she would be a kid and it's a fun song. The lyrics don't like It's match a song at that all. makes sense to be embarrassed to sing with your father. Yeah. No, the lyrics to the song don't do anything for the, my argument. They're they're, you know, the, the lyrics are nothing as far as it goes, but the actual what the song is to me represents the movie as a whole. This is this has been my TED talk. All right. Can we talk about dinosaurs now? I guess we can talk about dinosaurs. Will you talk about dinosaurs with me? 
<laughs> that's a good line, dude. That that's, a line. that's a good scene. <laughs> How do you react if you get a phone call? Unknown number. First of all, let's let, let's assume you answer your cell phone to unknown number. You get a phone call, and on the other line, you just hear, Hi, do you want to talk about dinosaurs with me? Dude, I'll talk about dinosaurs. Talk about your dinosaur tattoo. Oh, yeah, shit. So I got a velociraptor tattoo on my thigh, and it's my upper thigh. Is that a velociraptor skeleton? It's a velociraptor. It's like an x-ray. So, right, there's a black silhouette of a, a velociraptor, and within it is a skel- is the skeletal structure of a velociraptor. Which is very rad, um, and uh, and is and uh, you know chicks dig velociraptors, man. It's just it's just always been a fact. Everybody knows chicks that. dig giant dinos. They love the you D, they dig, dig giant dinos. I dig giant dinos. Um, and it's basically up till this point, and Jesse's been there for it. Has been an excuse to take my pants off at parties. <laughs> Nothing more to need an excuse, but now he has one. Yep. Uh, dinosaurs are good. And Velociraptor's not even my favorite dinosaur. An ankylosaur is my favorite dinosaur. Why didn't you get an ankylosaur tattooed on your ankle? Because they are because they look dumb. So? Because I hate... When does that ever stop you? Oh, I get it. Ankle, ankylosaur. I got it. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you picked that. I'm glad you picked up what I threw down there. Well, what it was no uh, Maya Hoo-ha joke. Maya Hoo-ha. <laughs> Maya Hoo-ha Diddy Kong joke. Real, <laughs> real Pulitzer winning shit we got going on here. Yeah, this episode will be remembered for two things: your in-depth analysis of the of the Liet motifs of this of the song choice. Uh, oh, the big word at, you pulled at, out there at the at the climax of this film and the Maya Hoo-ha Diddy Kong joke. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I already know is going to happen? At some point, I'm going to listen back to this episode, and I'm going to be upset that we didn't bring up certain things. I'm already Because there is like a that. lot we could bring up. I'm really glad you brought up the, the, uh, the 2.0 robots, the Max ones, because that yeah, was a big because they're rad. Point. They're awesome. Uh, we didn't even fucking bring up... Listen, Katie, the, the mom in this movie isn't that great a character, but when she goes kill Bill on the robots at the end there, that's fucking tight as shit. All right, so the the animation for it was cool. The choreography was cool. The 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 dynamic camera they did for it was awesome. Using the Kill Bill theme. Yes, they did the Tight. actual Kill Bill theme. They, Tight they did as the, fuck. The two thousand like seven meme of using the Kill Bill. Theme. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you, the zoom in the told, red light, everything. If you fucking miles. told me Little Karibo co- like had some writing influence <laughs> on this, I'd be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I that that to me was the thing that contributed to the. All right, yeah, this is a family movie, so of course it's got to end this way, right? It, like, it, does, it, it is it the was Tiger Mom step, trope. It's one step below um, ending with a dance party, right? With a disco ball. <laughs> um, and that's and, that, and that's and that's well, it's, I guess it's one step above, is what I mean to say. Well, listen, um, they don't end with a with that. They end with moose noises. They do, and that was it was good. And you know what? I felt things in this movie. I did. I did feel things. I felt the cats and the cradle and the silver spoon. Silver spoon. <laughs> my I, dad sings that to me so much, dude, and it, and it breaks my heart every time. Do you think time. it's a... Uh, do you think he knows? Do you think... Do you, do you think he's trying to, to insinuate something? Do you think he's dropping a hint or something? Like, or fuck, just he just like the song. 
I don't have time to talk to him about th- what he means by this song, Jesse. I've got I'm too busy. To I can't talk to my dad. What the fuck are you talking? What are you crazy? I'll talk to him later. He'll still be He'll around. He'll always be there. He'll always be around. Trust me, Jesse. Your dad will always be around. As a blue space force ghost. <laughs> Nodding in approval, hopefully, behind you, you at all times. Jesse, Jesse, you must go, go to, to the, the bodega, bodega on Fifth Street. Street. <laughs> <laughs> Buy, Buy the pork the and rice. rice. It's very <laughs> That dad, would be the advice my dad, dad would give me. Your dad would just judge your deli options. <laughs> my dad absolutely would not tell me to go to a bodega. No. He would, however, tell me what meats to buy. <laughs> you gotta tell you the... a story about how my dad had a meat dealer. That's, That's the, the wrong, wrong Soprasat. Soprasat. Oh my god. Never say how that word you, in my presence How do you again. say it? Soprasat? Soprasat. Soprasat. Oh my god. Listen, I worked in a Long Island deli and everyone says it differently. <laughs> everyone else is wrong. Supasad? Supasad. Supasad for. And <laughs> Supasad brothers. New Supasad three land. <laughs> we should probably, I think we're done I, talking I about like, this movie. I feel like, I feel like the end of Schindler's List, right? And let me explain that. I, let me explain that before you get mad. Okay. You know how at the end he's going on about like, oh, I could have sold that for more, for more, to save more lives. I could have sold that. I could have cut I, I could have not said the last five minutes and inserted more praise for this movie. You know, it's so weird because I thought you were going to dunk on this movie the whole time. because you I did in- too! <laughs> I texted you after watching it. I was like, ah, it was fine. I don't know if this is an episode. Now look at me. It's insane. I didn't expect this. I didn't know I'd like this much. I still don't know if it's it's like that amazing a movie, but I've internalized the shit out of it. It's, uh... It... it- it's definitely my favorite movie I've watched this year, but most of the other movies I've watched this year have been Airbud movies. So. <laughs> How dare uh, you put down Airbud, much like his owner did? <laughs> Spoilers for Airbud Air for Bud, real in real life. For Airbud the old yeller movie. <laughs> for Airbud bocce ball. For Airbud skeet shooting. It's a terrible skeet shooting accident when Airbud is the target. No, don't catch that frisbee, Airbud. Hey Morgan, did you know? Did you know that one of the McElroys is in this movie? Yes, I did. And he's how much much rage did it fill you with? Yeah, oh man, pissed me off. Well, what pissed me off is I'm on IMDb, and because this movie's so new, they weren't really labeled that well. Like, Alan no, Church was the, labeled as nothing. No, Griffin uh, Griffin McElroy is one of the appliances in the mall scene. I think it's literally just a line. Like, he has one line. That's great. But he's in it. And that means that he's literally doing anything he can to avoid us, including starring in Netflix movies. Starring. And he well, thinks he's safe. <laughs> he thinks he's above us just because of that? Because he's in a, in a, a fantastic Netflix movie produced by Sony? He thinks he's above us. No one, no one's above us in the Kmart parking lot. <laughs> the the great equalizer, Kmart parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> no battlefield more holy. 
<laughs> two walk in, one walk one out. Walk out. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to see this faded battle, the duel of the destiny between us and the McElroys, hash spread the word with hashtag smack the Mac. Mac still spelled MC, not MAC, because we didn't know how their names were spelled before we came up with the hashtag. Because they spelled it wrong. Those fools. You know, the McElroy dad is on one of their podcasts every now and then. Bring him in, too. I'll fight an old man. (laughs) I'll bring my dad. (laughs) I'll bring my dad's ghost force spirit. He'll empower me to beat up another man's dad. I think the McElroys themselves are also probably dads at this point. Bring in their kids. I'll fight you in front of your kids. kids. I was just going to say. I'll have you think kids. I won't I'll have break kids a man's just spirit? to beat up your kids. I'll have kids so that my kids to beat up your kids in the back in, in the back lot of Kmart. No, the kids get Target. Haters will say it's a cry for attention. Jesse, play us out. Hashtag smash the back. Hey. If you want to follow us, if you want to follow us, you can do so at SMCP underscore show, where we tweet sometimes. You can also follow us individually at JPerUno or at Cymore Comics. You can all, you should also follow our pet show at On Air Buds, where new episodes are at at the end of every month, roughly. <laughs> roughly. It's a dog. Uh, once again, I want to urge hashtag smack the Mac. And also, ha- uh, because Jesse is still not followed by Real Big Fish on Twitter, hashtag Real Jesse in. You gotta show, man. You gotta show out those. I keep uh, forgetting. I legitimately bugs. have to schedule some tweets. <laughs> Real big fish will will respect me one day, even if I have to beat it out of them in a back in a Kmart parking lot. <laughs> Remember to like, comment, share, give us five stars. Watch this movie if you haven't already. I don't know what you're doing. I'm actually glad we didn't go through the plot because we would ruin too much. All right, guys. Uh, have a great night. You know and. Uh... Tell you, tell your dad you love them, uh, because, uh, you know, or your mom, because this comes out the day before Mother's Day. That's true. Kind of fucked up. A whole day for mothers. The SJWs got to the calendar too. The, cra- the cats in the cradle and the, cradle silver, and the spoon. silver spoon. Stop over yet? When done? the cow jumps over the moon. <laughs> When you're coming is, home, son, I don't know when. Right, I stopped, I stopped the podcast like three minutes. Right, okay, I stopped it now. Okay.